word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We pray you might open our eyes to your light. You may shine in all the dark places of our lives and our world so we can see your peace, your mercy, and your liberation. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week we continue with our sermon series on the six marks of discipleship or the six spiritual practices for following Jesus. Last week we did worship, which is actually a pretty common discipline because we're doing it right now. You're all engaging in a spiritual discipline when you come to worship. But this week's different. It's different because the topic is reading scripture. It's reading the Bible. And my guess is that this spiritual discipline is far less popular than worship among us all. I just saw some heads start staring at the ground when I said that. I'm going to go ahead and wager that only a small percentage of us engage with the Bible regularly outside of Sunday on our own or with others. And I'm sure part of that has to do with time, we're busy, or we read less, but I also think it can seem really intimidating or confusing or probably most likely just plain old boring. It's okay to laugh at that. It's true. It can be boring. Some of us read it regularly, faithfully, but the truth is that few of us actually read the Bible on a regular basis on our own. And it's okay to admit it. This is a safe space to admit that you do not read the Bible, believe it or not. Because it's a hard discipline to take on. And it is really a spiritual discipline. That's why it's in our sermon series. But today, I want us to consider what we're missing by not reading the Bible. What we're missing by not reading it, instead of why we should read it. And maybe that'll kinder a deeper desire in us to actually want to read it by clearing up some of that intimidation and confusion. And who knows, it might even lay make, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it might make it less boring and more relevant to everyday life. So today's scripture passage from the second letter to Timothy is actually a good place for us to start in this conversation. Because it's all about the use of the Bible. The letter says it's from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, his protege, and truth be told, scholars highly dispute that the original Paul is the author of the letter, but that doesn't matter to us today. It's the content of this passage that matters. Could I get the next slide? First of all, this passage tells us that reading the Bible is a powerful spiritual practice because it represents hundreds if not thousands of years of spiritual wisdom, thinking, and experience. I would use an indigenous phrase to describe it as the wisdom of the elders. Continue in what you've learned and firmly believe, it begins. Continue in what you've learned and believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So it says here that Timothy didn't just pick up the Bible one day, sit down, read it through, and then magically have his life changed though I'm sure that there are people for whom that's the case. It says he's been 
guided by instructors and tutors like Paul, who've learned from somebody else, who learned from somebody else, who learned from somebody else, and so on and so on and so on. And in that sense, it's this already existing spiritual path through the thick and dangerous woods of human experience. It's already been walked countless times. And because of that, the thing about the Bible is that it's been a source of spiritual reflection and wisdom for billions of people through 2,000 years, 2,000 plus years, 3,000 plus years, and so on and so on. People of all kinds from diverse places such as ancient, ancient Egypt, 1st century Palestine, 8th century Ethiopia, 16th century Germany, modern day Korea, and Courtney, here and now, have lived with it, meditated on it, struggled with it, and have been transformed by it. Generation after generation after generation. So it's not only this spiritual path, a spiritual path, it's one that's already been well-worn by billions of footsteps. So there has to be something about the Bible that speaks to us. The book's been this durable for so long for a variety of reasons, but this is one of them. It speaks to people. The Bible is wisdom. So in not reading the Bible, we're missing out on countless years of spiritual wisdom speaking and experience, which suggests if it worked for all of these people, then maybe it might work for us. Should we get the next slide? Second, reading the Bible is a powerful spiritual practice because it brings us deeper knowledge of God. God being the used we word, the, the used we word, the word we use, for the creative source and sustainer at the heart of all things. Remember, it says, remember, Timothy, how from childhood you've known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It says that the sacred writings instruct for salvation, which, I mean, when he talks about the sacred writings, he means only the New Old Testament in this case, as the New Testament hasn't been compiled or finalized here yet, but again, doesn't matter, let's move on. But I like how the old King James Version puts it, that the writings are there to make thee wise unto salvation. I like that. To make thee wise unto salvation. On one hand, salvation means freedom, liberation, Redemption from all those things and powers that hold us captive and hold us back from abundant life. On the other hand, salvation also means healing, being healed, being made whole, being made new, being forgiven, receiving mercy. And salvation, according to the scriptures, is God's work. It's what God is up to in the world. The Bible bears witness to. It points us to salvation. As a whole, it bears witness to numerous different experiences, some obvious, some mysterious, some poetic, some metaphorical, some historical. But altogether, it initiates us into the mystery of God's work in our world. 
It points us to the action of God. But it also points to the source of these actions. It says this salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So it's not only about what God does, but about who God is, what God is like. According to the longer Christian tradition, we come to see God most clearly in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He's like the microscope or the telescope that brings that deeper mystery of the source of all things into focus that we can sort of see. Even if the seeing isn't perfect, it comes into sight. And in this way, the Bible isn't a holy thing in of itself. It's not a sort of paper pope dictating to us. But the Bible is more like the Christmas manger. The manger isn't the point of the story, but it's the vessel there to bring us to the point of the story, to hold the mystery in it. It says that if you want to know something about God, then look deeply into the window, the icon of the life, death, and resurrection of this man called Jesus, whose life we meet in the pages of the Bible. Because the Bible is about God. So in not reading the Bible, we're missing out on deep knowledge and wisdom about the source of all life, a source that people have wrestled with for thousands of years. It help us, helps us to look for and comprehend more deeply who the Creator is, to experience what God is like, and to see what God is at work doing in our lives, in our world. It can make us wise unto salvation. Next slide. I mean, your slide is here. Mine is over there. Okay. Third, reading the Bible is a powerful spiritual practice, not only because it deepens our knowledge of God, but because it also brings us into deeper knowledge of ourselves. It brings us into deeper knowledge of who we are as individual human beings and as a species. All scripture, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, and for correction. First of all, it says that all scripture is inspired, and this doesn't mean that the Bible is without error or that every sentence is of equal value. The Greek word used here for inspired is Theonoustos. See if you can say that three times fast. Theonoustos. You can tell your grandkids. Theonous the Bible is Theonoustos, kids, and don't you forget it. <laughs> Theonoustos meaning God breathed. God breathed. Here it's a reference to two different Old Testament stories. The first is the creation of the first human being out of dust. Here God takes the dust, makes the shape of a human being, and then breathes life into him. And the second reference is from Ezekiel, where this valley filled with, filled with thousands of dried bones of dead people of Israel. And here God's breath fills and reanimates those corpses. So here the Bible is treated as this living, breathing thing. 
something we not only engage with, but something that seeks us and engages us. On its own, it's just a book, a lifeless body. But with the help of God's Spirit, it becomes a living, breathing medium for divine communication, for God to speak to us. And one of the ways that this script, this passage points to is the way that God speaks to or shines a light on us is through the people of Scripture. The Bible is full of people just like us, maybe more like us than we'd care to admit. People who have the same virtues, of course, but people who also have the same vices. I'd hate to ruin it for you, unless you're regularly reading the Bible, I guess. But other than Jesus, everybody else in the Bible is pretty disappointing. Noah gets drunk. Abraham pretends his wife isn't his wife to save his own skin. Moses kills a guy in anger. And all of Jesus' disciples abandon him in his hour of need. The Bible's good for teaching, it says, for reproof and correction, because it has this way of holding itself up as a mirror to our lives. To show us our unvarnished humanity, warts and all. Good stuff, of course, but mostly the not-so-good stuff. The book of Hebrews said, the word, says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and before him, no creature is hidden. It holds a mirror up to us. It shows us ourselves, not to make us feel bad, but to allow us to reflect truthfully on our own brokenness, our own limitations, and our need for the one-way love of grace. I'm reminded of the Soviet comedian, Yakov Smirnov, who used to say things like, in USA, you watch television. In Soviet Russia, television watch you. <laughs> but think of it this way. In Christian church, you don't just read Bible. In Christian church, Bible read you. I worked on that one for a long time and thought long <laughs> and hard about it. I had that in my pocket. I'm like, I'm going to need to use this one day. So the Bible's about us. That's the third point. And not reading the Bible, we miss out on the opportunity to come to terms with who we are for the purpose of transcending who we are and becoming who we could be as individuals, churches, cultures and societies. And finally, reading the Bible is a powerful spiritual practice because as the word practice denotes, it's practical. It's practical. It's practical because it helps us understand and live the good life. In addition to teaching, reproof, and correction, it's also, the text says, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, 
and equipped for every good work. Training in righteousness, it says, which kind of reminds me of somebody in shorts kind of twisting around with a medicine ball, you know? Or white sneakers on a treadmill. But here the exercise is righteousness. For us, righteousness is usually a bad thing, as in self-righteousness. Being all high and mighty and holier than thou. But here it means to be set right. To be righteous means to get things right. It doesn't mean to be right, necessarily, but it means to get things right. It's to be set on the proper path with Jesus as the perfect embodiment, the perfect instance, an example of getting human life right. Righteousness in the flesh, righteousness in action. To be trained in righteousness means something like becoming an apprentice with the final goal in becoming more like God, becoming more like Jesus, who's the master teacher and craftsman. Because in Jesus, the Bible gives us a sort of curriculum for getting the practice of being human right. Our training should lead us to be proficient, it says, and equipped for every good work. The end goal of reading the Bible is always to empower us to live more full, more good, more true, and beautiful lives. The fruit of a relationship with God through reading the Bible is the power to do good, to be freed from the things that imprison us in order to do the things that bring life to us and the world. The Bible's power resides in its purpose to equip us with the spiritual resources for the difficult task of loving our enemies, blessing those who persecute us, caring for the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the refugee, loving our neighbors as ourselves, seeking justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with God. We read the Bible to increase love of God and love of neighbor, in the words of St. Augustine of Hippo. And if love of God and love of neighbor, increase of those things are not the outcome, then we're simply not reading the Bible right. You could say, in the end, that the Bible's worth reading because it gives us a field guide for living the Jesus way. It offers us practical wisdom, a living relationship, and time tested spiritual curriculum that shifts us away from the misery of self-centeredness to the joy of giving ourselves away in love. So in the end, in not reading the Bible, we miss out on learning to live the full, beautiful, and good human life in the way of Jesus. That was my fourth and final point.
So that's what the Bible is good for and what we miss when we don't read it. Deep, vast, ancient wisdom, knowledge of God, knowledge of ourselves, all for the purpose of renewing us and refashioning us into the image of Jesus. That's been my experience, and no doubt many of you here would agree. But for those of us who don't regularly read or engage the Bible, my hope is you would be encouraged to give it a try, to take it up as a regular practice, which you will have an opportunity to learn all of the above following the service. And you also have an insert in your bulletins to read all about it. And for those of us who are already experienced Bible practitioners, I hope this Lenten season will be a time of renewal to encourage you to go deeper again and to look at it in a new light. So regardless where we may be on the path, through our reading, may each of us continue to trod this well-worn spiritual path leading to God's grace, leading from God's grace, becoming not only wise, but wise unto salvation. Amen.